todo el mundo. Pero eso fue realmente... Welcome to the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson, author of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series and director of the documentary, The Ventures, Stars on Guitars. This is your destination for all things rock, where the interviewees include musicians, authors, historians, filmmakers, and more. And now, on to the show. My guest today is Eva Hossman, the writer, director, and star of the new feature film, Willie and Me. It's about one woman's determination to see Willie Nelson's farewell concert in Las Vegas. She makes the trek from Germany, but things don't go as planned. The film co-stars Willie Nelson himself, the late Peter Bogdanovich, and Blaine Gray as a kind-hearted Elvis impersonator. Although Willie Nelson isn't really rock, he definitely has crossover appeal as one of the pioneers of outlaw country, and I am just dying to find out more from Eva on this, so let's get her on the line. Well, hi, Eva. I'm so glad that you're here on the show, Rock and Roll Nightmares. Thank you, Stacy. So happy to be there. Well, I watched the movie the other night, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as a quick aside, I'm a big well, Willie Nelson fan, too, and I actually saw him perform on New Year's Eve in Las Vegas many years ago, so that part of the story really resonated with me, and actually, at midnight, I got a kiss from Willie Nelson, so it was... No! Uh, Are you sure? That's amazing! That was a highlight. Such a nice person. Um, and so I saw the video of you on YouTube um, with Willie performing a song that you wrote together several years back. So I take it you've known him a while and I wanted to know how that came about. Oh, that song, it is what it is, right? Um, yeah. It came about like uh, Willie was supporting the film like a while and it was so hard to get the financing together since I'm like a first time feature director. And um, I I visited him like over this whole financing process, finding the producer and all that stuff, sometimes on his bus while he was touring. So, and um, yeah, one morning he said, um, well, Eva, and I, after I said, we, we still don't have the financing for the film. And 
And he said, well, Eva, it is what it is. And I said, says love. And he said, that's beautiful. And I said, that's not from me, though. It's from a po um, an Austrian poem writer called Eric Fried. So we looked up the poem and he worked on it and uh, made some changes. And um, he composed a melody to it. And um, yeah, the first recording happened actually on the bus. And then uh, later he kind of invited me on stage to sing the song together with him. Wow, <laughs> what an experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I was nervous. I'm not a singer, so, um, but yeah. Well, it was something, yeah, something about him that I think is very comforting. I'm sure that he made you feel at ease being on stage with him. Uh huh. Absolutely. He is such a sweetheart. He he is amazing. I'm like so thankful for all his support and encouraging me to move on and just doing it like Peter Bogdanovich did as well. Yes, yes, that's another icon in the film, and I want to get to that in a minute. But um, did you already know Willie when you came up with the idea for the movie, or did you meet him through the screenplay? I, I met him through the screenplay. Actually, Peter Bogdanovich was sending the screenplay to um, Willie's management and Willie. And so we met the first time on a concert at the Hollywood Bowl after the concert where Peter and I went. So um, that's how I met him. Yeah, on his bus after. <laughs> wow. Yes, that was very exciting. I was so surprised because while I was writing the script, I wrote it basically always was listening to his songs and a lot of songs inspired the scenes and um, it was all so connected to each other that the first time I saw Willie on stage um, sitting next to Peter uh, and he started singing, I was bursting out in tears and I couldn't I was so surprised about my my emotions I didn't expect me being so emotional but it went on through the whole concert I kept crying and crying and <laughs> just uh it was very emotional like these songs and a lot of songs I heard as a child my mother had a tape in her car and I listened to it. So, yeah, and that's what the film basically is about, how how much music can influence us and and can connect us and and what it means if we lose connection to music and and to ourselves and just, yeah, taking a risk and taking a journey to to find ourselves again. Yeah, I love that aspect of the film, too. And you've got three different plot threads that are interwoven with the, the childhood, the current conundrum of trying to get to the Willie Nelson concert, and then the uh, husband back in Germany. So that's that's really fun. And there's a lot, a lot to do there as a first time director. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, I also I mean, produced it. It means like not having a lot of sleep. So during the main shoot, it was no, I, I mean, three hours a night was the most of sleep I could get, but mostly it was around one hour. So my makeup artist always, the first question was how many hours? 
one, two, or three when I do <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's, it's, it's yeah. a lot of responsibility, but, you know, I thought, I mean, I, I, I rather fail than not really trying it. So I just pushed forward. Yeah, and it did take a long time to get the feature to the screen, but I think your timing is excellent because there's a brand new Willie Nelson documentary that's just been released. So people are, he's in people's minds right now. Oh, yes. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I, I will see it soon. And I haven't watched it yet. Um, well, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because you have so much of his music throughout the film and securing music rights um, and the costs are usually one of the most difficult things when it comes to making a film. So um, did he own the right? Does he own the rights to his music or did you have to go through a corporation or how did that all work? All of the songs next to always on my mind he composed by himself so these are really real or his originals and he he and his management surely supported the film um but still there was a lot of clearance to do oh yeah that's not that's the not fun part <laughs> no no like a lot of these contracts and yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of producing um, well, like you said, I mean, this is such a personal story that no one else could have told it the way you did as a director, a writer, and the the main star who's in practically every scene. But what are some of the pros and cons of directing yourself as the lead in a feature film like this? Uh, there, there are a lot of cons in in regard of, I've, I felt like, I mean, I had great actors and they were all really well prepared and we did a lot of rehearsals before and um i just had amazing trust in them and um i figured how much i love directing and working with actors and sometimes while i was acting in a scene um yeah i felt kind of guilty not being a hundred percent as a director there but um at the end we were just letting go and trusted our rehearsals and um yeah it worked out somehow but it's very very challenging to do both directing and acting and um i think in future i will go more into directing well you do have great on-screen chemistry with your love interest in the film who's played by blaine gray um so can you tell me how he came on board and who he plays in the film um, Blaine Gray, I worked with Blaine Gray on a short film I did um, before called Mad Lane, and he played the male lead, and I absolutely love him as an actor, and um, his, um, yeah, also screen appearance, and um, the way to work with him um, was really great, and I thought, yeah, he's a perfect cast. I actually while writing the script, had him already in mind for that part, so. Well, he plays an Elvis impersonator, which of course, you know, the journey to Las Vegas, it's a perfect um, sort of <laughs> symbolism to fit into that. Did he do his own singing? Um, no, 
Nope. <laughs> well, he was yeah. acting it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he told me right from the beginning, I I don't want, I can't sing, I can't sing. I mean, he surely was singing, but yeah, no, it's not his voice singing. Oh, it's such a fun character. And of course, the, the Elvis outfit is fantastic. In fact, all of your costumes in the movie are great. Yes, Winda Reichelt, she did the costume design and she also did the costume design on my short film, Madeleine. So I had some people I already worked with on that short film um, for Willie and me. And, and Winda Reichelt is amazing. She's really such an amazing costume designer. And actually what she did, it's unbelievable because they were like, were it like seven years um, between the scene, the spelling scene with Willie at the concert and um, him playing Bones mm -hmm. and the medicine man, they were like at least seven years. And she kept over all these seven years, the red dress. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. That's how great she is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's good mm -hmm. to have people like that in your corner. And you also had, of course, as you mentioned earlier, the incredible and legendary and unfortunately late Peter Bogdanovich in your corner. How did you meet him initially? And how did this project gel with him? Because I read in the press notes that he also helped a lot with the script, uh, you know, and in in getting it all together for you. Yes, he did indeed. So he's Peter saw my short film Madeleine um, in New York on a festival and really liked it. And he just contacted me asking if I'm working on something else right now. At the time I finished, had finished the um, first draft treatment 20 page for Willie and me. So he was reading that and he said, that's a great idea, write the script. And I make the connection to, to Willie's management and Willie. So uh, I locked myself in for about two months and wrote the first draft. Peter was reading it and he loved it. And he said, I was in Germany at that time. Why don't you come over? I mean, I was back and forth between Los Angeles and Germany, studying, um, directing at the UCLA. So yeah, we met in Los Angeles and we worked on the first draft, the second and tenth. No. <laughs> <laughs> so and um, no, after the first draft, he um, contacted Willie's management and and then we met. Um, yeah. It's come together so wonderfully. And I know that it's been shown in some festivals ahead of its release. Um, what was it like seeing it with an audience and what has some of your favorite feedback been? It's really, really exciting to see it the first time on the big screen in between the audience. And it's just like, <gasps> does it work emotionally? Uh, are they getting into the film? So it's always, to me, the goal that a film kind of brings you in a different world and you live in there and you feel with the characters and you can laugh and and cry, uh, whatever. So, and... Yeah, it, it was nice to see. It was such a so nice to hear Willie's songs and the audience going with it. And um that was amazing. I mean, at the end, that's the biggest hope and wish I have for sure is that people enjoy the film and are getting uplifted out of it. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, what do you hope viewers will take away with them after seeing Willie and Me? And there is that theme that music can help you through even the hardest of times and it will propel you forward. Um, but for yourself, what is your what did you take away from this experience? It's crazy, but producing it as well, it, it just continues. They're like always things to do. So I still am not at the point where I think, okay, now everything is done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not there. I mean, there were short moments, but then oh, something came up I, <laughs> I had to do. But I think when the film really premieres at the ninth, then I can relieve. Right. Yes, it's coming out for everyone to see soon, um, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Um, you have so many great songs in there, but I'm wondering, do you have a personal favorite Willie Nelson song? Angels flying too close to the ground, his blue eyes crying in the rain. Oh, there are so many, so many. Um, still is still moving to me. Um, I love when he is like crossing into jazz a little bit as well. So um, yeah, he really is multifaceted, which is why I thought he'd be a great subject uh, to talk about with you on Rock and Roll Nightmares because he was one of the pioneering outlaw country uh, stars who had crossover appeal into the rock world. All great musicians do it at some point, I think. And yeah. Willie is definitely one of the greatest. Yep, he's a national treasure for sure. Oh yeah, such an <laughs> honor. Such an honor. Like in that helped me like through tough times where was always the thought, oh my God, it's such an honor to get supported by him and for this film and gave me so much energy. And um yeah, I think that's the reason it, it really happened to to have support by such a great artist. Well, you must be excited about the future. So I'd love to know what is coming up next for you after Willie and me. Um, I'm working on a series right now and um, I'm writing and preparing that. So um, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited, but this time I will be only directing maybe a little sidekick, but yeah, it will be a series, hopefully. Oh, okay. It's about uniting, uniting and um, United Streets of America is the working title. Ah, <laughs> right. yeah. I open for that. Yeah. yeah. It's so about how, yeah. how can people see Willie and me when it comes out? Um, I think um, there are a lot of streaming services. When is it out? What day does it premiere? Uh, 9th of February. Oh, all right. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Eva, last question. Um, yeah. Where can fans uh, follow you or the movie on social media so we can keep up with all of your future good stuff? Um, I have an Instagram account, um, Eva Hasman, just my name. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you there. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Stacy. All right. Thanks, Eva. Nice to mm -hmm. chat with you.
Before I go, I just want to let you all know that there are two brand new Rock and Roll Nightmares books out. The first one, which is book eight in the series, is called Parallel Lines, and it's a speculative fiction multi-author collection that answers questions like, what if Led Zeppelin had never released Stairway to Heaven? What if the Manson family were not Beatles fans? What if Rob Halford had come out 10 years earlier? The other book is a fully illustrated edition of my short rock-related stories. It's a mix of fan favorites and has three brand new tales that are set in a haunted record store, on a cursed island, and on America's most bloody byways. That's it for now, but do stay tuned for Volume 10 in the Rock and Roll Nightmare series, a nonfiction book called Blood on the Tracks. This concludes another episode of the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast. Remember, there's a book series, too. All the books are available in paperback, ebook, and audio via Amazon or the Rock and Roll Nightmares website. That's R-O-C-K-N-R-O-L-L-Nightmares.com. Our official theme song is She's Out for Blood by Fuzzbuster, founded by Lars Cabot. Thank you for listening.